cops shot the kid, the cops shot the kid, the cops shot the cops shot the kid, the cops shot the kid, the cops shot. It's the Going Out Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. So, in case you don't know, we're 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 a little late for this one, but we're reviewing Slick Rick. Yeah, yeah, and and, and Idlewild. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's like we're late to both parties. <laughs> People assumed we just weren't going to talk about Nas, and I assumed I was just never going to listen to the Isle Wild album, but here we are. I don't even know what was keeping me from listening to it, honestly, but I'm glad someone requested it. We got this uh, request for Idlewild by Outkast uh, by Darian Doster, and if you would like to do a Patreon request, you know, all you have to do is hit up one of our patrons and, um, you know, just uh, pay the fee and tell us what you want. The last, at least as of now, Outcast album from 2006. Yup. My God. Over a decade, God. man. Poof. It feels like it. It feels like we have gone yep. without Outcast for over a decade. It sure as hell does. I- I'll just put this out there. Outcast, to put it mildly, meant a lot to me. <laughs> right, yeah. I know, um... There's sacred ground with you, I know. Outcast is a really big deal. Ghostface and Gorillas are like almost like a holy trinity. It's like I dare not speak. <laughs> Wu Tang Clan and Gorillas. <laughs> I dare not speak ill of any of those troops. Um but, Oh boy. <laughs> do we have a review for you? <laughs> we've got Idlewild, the accompanying album to the movie of the same name, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I heard more people talking about the movie on this album than I did when the movie came out. Because, basically, uh, that was a, uh, what they call a sleeper hit. (laughs) Mm. Or just a sleeper. I'm not sure. It flew under the radar either way. I'll put it to you like this. I remember. So, like I said, huge fan. Of Outcast, and I so remember. So you had to have seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw it when it came out. Because mm. you know, I, I was fucking keeping tabs. Because I remember they. It was like around the time of Speakerbox Love Below, mm-hmm. and uh, they were like, you know, it was announced that they were going to make a movie, and the idea was that oh, they're going to be using songs from Speakerbox, The Love Below, as sort of like the soundtrack for the movie. I remember that being the thing, and I was like, oh snap. And then I heard that they were filming in a uh, in the town that I was living in, and I was like, "Oh snap!" Oh, and you know, stuff got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And then I remember just being like, "Okay, I guess Outcast is just not really gonna be a thing anymore." And then the movie came out, and it was all right. Not what you expected. Not well. At not all. as promised. Not as advertised. I have no idea. Like, and the weird thing is, in the movie, they actually do use one or two of the songs from Speakerbox, The Love Below, and that just makes it more confusing. I remember they used, like, The Rooster and one other one. But it was used in such a weird... Like, it was used as if the movie wasn't a musical. You know, as if, like, the song was just incidentally happening to the action, as opposed to, hey, here's a set piece for this song, you know? I was curious, because I wasn't about to watch the movie and listen to the album if anyone wants to request the movie we've done movies before um you know i'll check it out but that's pushing it a little bit to be doing both i think the album was enough but not not knowing what the album was i was expecting 
it to kind of be like fucking uh, Prince Among Thieves, where mm. it's uh, you know the the album tells us tells a story. I thought I'd be able to just listen to this album and know what the story is, but since it's a companion piece, it uh, it doesn't really paint the picture with the songs. It's just songs that were in the movie. It's almost like uh, bringing it back to Pink Floyd and The Wall, talking about double-disc records that were companion pieces. You could listen to The Wall, and every song from that double-disc is in the movie, but you don't really know what the story is if you Mm -hmm. didn't see the movie, and that's kind of what the deal is here, too, because it gives you little bits and pieces with uh, bits from the movie... Uh, songs that were featured in the movie, but yeah, it doesn't really let you know as to what the story uh, was about. And there's minor things that relate directly to the film, but for the most part, it's not really about, like, PJ and Rooster, like, yeah, they played that song at the end, but even I remember watching that and being like, this, what is this? Like, it, let's just get into it, let's just get into it, okay? Right, yeah. So we have the intro, which I actually thought was funny. It was I, like I dug the intro, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, I, I graduated from Harvard, and I'm a good actor, and these rappers are coming in and taking our parts. And the dude, it like someone responds to him, is like, "Nah, fuck that. Who gives a shit if these rappers are acting? Like, yo, if you put out a fire ass song and it's good, who gives a shit who made it? You know?" So I was like, "All right, that was actually kind of a good point." Um, that's the first and last of, uh, the good skits. Um, there oh, will be no. five more. And, and even then, I'm just gonna say it was a passable skit. Yeah, I wouldn't say it most. was a great skit. And it definitely needed to stop, like, sooner than it did. The skits are bad. You hate the Meandering. skits? Meandering. I don't like the skits. You're right. The women voice actors in these skits are just bad. They're really bad. Like... They literally just, uh, uh, no, don't worry about trying to act. Just just say words. Just say the words on the paper. Acting is not a thing. Just say the words. Because they're just like, oh, is that this? Oh, he's a punk. I'm going to see Idlewild. And then, <laughs> like, man, I want to see Idlewild now. Hear how excited <laughs> she was? I got to be first in line. And then what was that other skit where, where the guy was like, Girl, I'll do all these things. I'll take the kids to McDonald's. You know, I'll fucking pay half the rent to keep your light bills on. And she's just like, uh-huh, okay. Like, I realize she's supposed to be like, I'm not buying it. But, like, I'm not bu- I'm not even buying her acting. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's just... <laughs> I'm not buying her not buying it. You know, a very good descriptor of this album, skits, songs, and all, would be the word flat. This album feels very, very flat. Now, you wouldn't know that from the first track. The first track is actually kind of dope. Well, yeah, minus Andre's verse. But, Mm, yeah. uh, You gotta admit the mighty, yaddy, yaddy, that was pretty cool. That was kind of (laughs) clever. If if the whole point of the album is like a throwback to like, like the 30s, 40s, like jazz, like all that stuff. Yeah, I'm all for throwbacks to, like, referencing minstrel shows and shit like that, but making mm. it your own, you know? Kind of like yeah. how we kind of like how we thought Little Brother was going to. 
Right, 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 right. Like, hey, man, this is the new era minstrel show for the modern day. We're fucking turning it on its ear and making it ours because it was making fun at our expense. And now we're fucking, you know, now we're making it ours. So I was like, cool. They're fucking taking this old, like, call and response chant and putting it in a fucking new, new song. I was here for that. I I was kind of hoping that the rest of the album would kind of carry that on. But... It's so disjointed. Yes. Like, the album is every fucking where. Yeah. And it doesn't really have an identity. It's it's overly ambitious, I think. I feel like it's it's overly ambitious and at other times under-ambitious. Like, it... And maybe, actually, yeah, it's over-ambitious, but then it falls flat on its face, so it's just like, it doesn't feel like it even tried to live up to its potential. So much of the soundtrack just feels like you know, like, I know that this is trying to be funk. I know that this is trying to be, like, 40s and 30s sort of big band. But why mm. does this feel like... You know when someone remakes something, it sounds so good and crisp and clear. Ah, it's kind of hard to go back and listen to the older stuff because this updated it so well, you know? Yeah. This... Mm-hmm. It feels like the in-house band, you know, did their best. It feels like they're missing, like, three or four instruments to really make this sound pop. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. And Yeah, it doesn't sound authentic. Yeah. And then um now you have Andre who really like he he's just rambling. He's just rambling on a lot of these tracks. Mighty Oath, yeah. he's like, I'm bored, kinda like a knight with a sword, without dragging to battle, so I'm running from a shadow, an impossible feat, and I repeat, an impossible feat, and I repeat, an impossible feat, and I repeat. I'm like, what? 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 Like there, there were <laughs> there were times just listening to his flow. It was that same familiar Andre flow on a lot of these tracks. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually start to listen to it, it's like none of this, none of this really makes sense, and it's not particularly good. Like like you said, it's slightly dis- like the lyricism itself is kind of disjointed. Like Andre's known for being yeah. kind of weird with this flow, but this particularly feels like. Wait, were you actually going... You know, it, it feels like the Andre 3000 equivalent of uh, that fucking Rain Man song by Eminem. You know, where he just like, put, put uh, in a man's ass and, and it's just like, <laughs> the fuck is he going yeah. with this, you know? There were times in this album where I was under the impression that this was like a passion project, this was something they really wanted to do. But then there were other points where it felt like it was an obligation. Like, just fucking filling out the rest of a record contract. Like, I can't tell what oh, this was, yeah, because I can see there that. are parts where it sounds like the hearts are really in it, and then there's other parts, like you said, where Andre is just fucking phoning it in, and it's like, did they really want to do this? Or, <laughs> like, I can't tell. Definitely. Uh, like, uh, like I said, Big Boy, he actually has a dope- I feel like Big Boy is actually doing his best. <laughs> you know? Like, he had that one part of his verse where he's like, I'm the worst thing since crack cocaine distributed to the Pope by the government. Oh, I meant, don't nobody know, conspiracy theory, you be the judge, nobody's slow. Like, like, you know, like, eh, we really don't, though, but but I can't say, you know, like, I thought that was kind of dope a little bit. Um, And then Peaches, so, on on the last album, Speaker Box of Love Below, there was a song or two that kind of dealt with, you know, Big Boy getting a divorce. And Ah, this album... Sounds like they are right in the middle of that fucking divorce. <laughs> like, he's in the fucking court while he's writing these raps. 
Like, Jesus Christ. Um, but while I did enjoy Peaches, which was uh, Big Boy's first real solo song, I, man, Andre by himself? Like, I liked The Love Below. I loved that album because it sounded inspired. This really does feel like The Leftovers. Oh, Idlewild Blues, it is the most, like, by the numbers blues song you know what i mean like yeah it, it might as well have just had the pretty much was it was that same fuck it was blues riff b you know right 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 it was straight out of a goddamn like royalty free music disc and it was like yep he's this is their attempt at a blues song and it's like, it's frustrating because there were parts of this album where it was like, I'm feeling what they got going on here, where it's like their take on jazz, their take on this like old timey. But then there's other parts where it's like, this really didn't need to be here, especially where it's like idle wild blues. Like, I, I need to know what that is, first of yeah. all. Like, <laughs> this needs a story. Yeah, you haven't introduced us to what the fuck Idlewild is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you expect me to watch the movie? I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, Into You was just... Dude, the ending of that song was almost insufferable. I remember skipping it, yeah. Uh, well, he's like, oh, uh, girl, bye. Get the hell on, I'm through. <laughs> but make me a sandwich, though. I love you. <laughs> but only at this moment. Maybe not tomorrow. Uh, it's just like, dude, oh, shut up. Oh, that's... Yeah. Fucking stop. <laughs> like, you know, and, and Outcast has moments where they can be humorous. That It, it was such a basic thugs need love to mm. Sleepy Brown fucking phoning it in. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then Morris Brown. I remember that being, like, the lead single. Man, I... You know what? I'm remembering now. The flood of memories is coming back. I remember being in high school and, like, seeing that video coming out and just being like, uh, I know Outcast is weird, but this... You know what it is? It feels like manufactured weird, you know, with the with the talking car and the... the, the well, actually, it was kind of cool to have the vehicle with the band in the back, like, in the trunk as if, like, the music's playing. You know, and it was kind of a cool idea to have the, uh, to have, like, an actual live band playing. I thought that was a little cool. And the hook is definitely, like, that hook is actually really good. The music makes the world go round. I actually really love that. Too bad you have to waste, like, a minute or so getting to it with the semi-chorus. You know, the riding in the car like the beat. That did not deserve to be repeated that many times. Like, it's just randomly interjected in the verse. It's just like, I didn't want... Stop doing this. And then Big Boy feel... His flow is honestly, like, the worst I've ever heard it on this song. Like, he's like, I make your wheels stand, and then in the background, you're still! And I, I was like, I don't know what that was about. But he's like, I make your wheels stand still! Like, your DJ got killed. The fire marsh... Fire marsh still. Shut it down. Time to go. I was like, what? Why did he say fire marsh... Fire Marshall, what, what was that? What was that? And then Outcast Royalty by design of logo. What? What? Because of the design of your logo, your royalty? What? That doesn't make any... What? Because the Cadillac was the king of cars. Uh, eh? Oh, and their logo <laughs> kind of looks like the... The Cadillac, uh, yeah! Mm-hmm. 
I'm just gonna and say then, this. If someone has to explain it that much, <laughs> you know, maybe it's a throwaway line. Oh, and then he says, exotic melodic melody, yep, we got it, funkin' for the funk of it, and everybody want it. Roof, you make a nigga put a dog on it. Roof, you make a nigga put a dog on it. What? And I think, and I've said this before, if the songs were, I don't know, just overall catchier or more engaging, I'd be more willing to excuse the sillier lyrics. Yeah, but it's so, you know, like I said, the production is very flat. So you don't even have a choice but to hear what the fuck they're saying. Like, oh my god, I was actually about to compliment the dude, his name is Scar, but he has one lyric that's kind of weird too. He goes like, yes baby, it's true, do what you do, my nose is open wide, looking at you such a pretty side. Oh what? yeah. Your nose is a- what? What does that have to do with seeing the- what? Like, just, there's just so many weird lyrical decisions on here. And then, of course, because you know they had to bring it up, uh, Big Boy says, everybody want to know what's really going on. Is you and 3000 still making songs? So on and so on. I can go on and on and on and on and on. Hell yes. And then they made no music together after this. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, so is this supposed to be retro or not? Is this supposed to be a period piece or not? Like, are why are you referencing things of the day if it's not supposed to be modern day? Like, that shit, I was like, what is this even supposed to be? And is it Outcast or are you playing PJ and Rooster? Like, what mm. is... Yeah. You're just going back and forth between it, you know? Because you start off the song, oh, this is about the mighty, oh, this is about Outcast. But then you have the skit on here, it's about PJ and Rooster. So it was like, well, are you guys... Th and then Chronometrophobia... Like, th this was one of those songs that was actually trying to be, like, more parliament, you know, but the more down note, you know, like, sort of funkadelic sort of type. But it still doesn't really fit, because it's sad and dour, and yet he's saying, we ain't got much time left, I've got to funk you now. And this is like, wait. And, of course, it's supposed to be a metaphor for, like, you know, sex and being super, you know, playing that, that you know, that dope-ass beat that just gets you dancing. But it's just like... But this is really dour and low-key, so it's not a dance-type beat, and it's definitely not a song you have sex to. And then, uh, the, the Train! Did that not sound like that was supposed to be the last song on the album? And, and, but th then it starts with the, All aboard! Or, Are y'all all bored? And I was like, I mean, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me that. <laughs> you won't like the answer. <laughs> What album asks if you're bored? <laughs> that early on, too, by the way. You know, it sounds like they're doing a live show. You remember that that uh, Coachella show that they did a year or so ago? And, like, the audience just wasn't responding. And he was just like, come on, guys, please respond. <laughs> oh, no, they fucking brought Jeb Bush out there to say, please clap. <laughs> like, it was just like... Uh, it was just oddly, it was just awkward. Like, a lot of this album is really awkward. There's a song called Life is Like a Musical. And then I'm like, wait, this was supposed to be a musical? Why would you then go back and forth between, hey, man, you know, we're going to the train, life is, life is like a musical, then a, a random skit about someone selling bootleg DVDs? What? Yeah. What? What time period is this? <laughs> Right. Is this the is this the movie or is this not the movie? Is it a musical? Is it not a musical? 
Are we outside the theater? Where is this taking place? <laughs> what is Lil Wayne doing here? You know, I will say, though, Hollywood Divorce is, hands down, the best song on the entire fucking album. Because it's no. the only song that goddamn, it's the only song that fucking commits to being uh, a genre. You know, I like, it at least committed. that damn song. It went so long, repeated so much... Two weeks in a row, it's a fucking song with Hollywood in the title that Snoop Dogg just put me to fucking sleep. <laughs> Wayne just showing up was, like, the only interesting thing on the track to me. It was like, oh, because I don't make it a habit to look at the at the screen or look at the features when I'm listening to the songs. So, uh, Call the Law was a nice little surprise for me. But, yeah, it was like, oh, fuck! Is that Lil Wayne? What the hell is Lil Wayne doing here? But not in the way last week with fucking Prince Paul, where it was like, oh shit, look who they got. It was like, what the hell is Lil Wayne doing here? Yeah. What's Snoop doing? It was more confusion it, it, than anything. It's like, are they characters in the movie now? Like, <laughs> See, I said it was ambitious. It's like, now our fucking hopes are way too high. We're creating these things that the, that yeah. the album is like... <laughs> No, but I mean, he's here. So is this like a musical? Well, I mean, no, but it. <laughs> uh, but we got a fucking song where two kids freestyle. Aren't you here for that? Oh my god! Uh, like, <laughs> keep oh that at god. home, man. <laughs> Bamboo is right. <laughs> Ew! Fuck that noise. I mean, no disrespect, but. I'm here to hear musicians, man. Like I'm here to this? hear the fucking names on the album cover, please. Yeah, like you're barely uh. giving me Andre 3000 rapping. I don't want to hear your kids rap. I <laughs> <laughs> was so goddamn insufferable. I was just uh. like, how the fuck? If it's an interlude, why is it that long? Why am I listening to two kids rap? It's like, all right. I do feel like Hollywood Divorce had some of the best rapping on it, especially okay. when he when he brought up. He said, uh. Antoine Patton and Andre Benjamin Benjamin for you crab and rap ass niggas and journalists that's quick to misprint public and private business then retract it back for deaf ears and think it's dismissed. I like that because uh, that is the thing, you know, the big flashy headline is what is Andre 3000 gay? And then no one comes back to read the story a week later where they have to retract the statement and say, oh, actually he's not. And then we get call the law, which mm. Going back to our, it's trying to be ambitious. Yeah. You got fucking Janelle Monet, And I thought she did a fine job, but the material there wasn't very good. She could do as much as she could with what she had there. Exactly. You could hear that she was trying to make this the best she could. This is the most musical-like song in that it's the song with the most plot happening in it. And dialogue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, he cheats on his wife. Uh, again, going back to the big boys going through a divorce. And, you know, Janelle Monet's he's using all this flowery language. And then, but then eventually it's just like, okay, we have to get, there's an actual supposed to be plot happening here. And it's like, yeah, I'm going after him because he cheated on me and I'm going to shoot him. And, and then big boy kind of ruins it with all the talking in the final verse. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like the song is like, I'm going to get you. And he's like, oh, girl, you know, you can't do that. Oh, you know, I'm the man of the house. And oh, what are you doing with that? It's just like, stop. And he certainly doesn't sound like someone who has a gun pointed at him either. 
Yeah, exactly. He's just like, I'm doing my best, and if the best ain't, ain't enough, then I don't know what to tell you. Is that really what you'd say if someone had a fucking gun pointed at you? <laughs> I, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Shoot me, I guess. <laughs> like, and fucking then, hell, what was that? Man, two in a row for this next one. Bug face and makes no sense at all. Oh, skip, skip. S- straight up could have been taken off. Like, what the fuck was that? Like, Andre, what the fuck was that? And and I get it. I get it. It's called Makes No Sense At All. It's about... Yeah, but... Like, you're wasting my time. Like, what? He's talking to himself and it... And, like, he said... You know, he does, like, oh, one plus one is two. Two plus two is four. Four plus four is eight. Eight plus eight is sixteen. 16 plus 16 is, and then you hear the other voice, like, hey, it's 32, uh, Percival. Oh, yeah, 32. And it's just like, that, this isn't Such funny. Such a waste. I, I skipped halfway through that one. I, I didn't care for that at all. Oh, my God. Like, Jesus. Like, what the hell? Moving right the fuck along to actually one of the more interesting songs, In Your Dreams, which oh, yeah. the verses are about killing someone. And, and it works. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, you want to fuck with me. We're about to take it to your fucking house. All that sort of shit. But then the verse, the chorus is like Janelle Monet talking about, you know, uh, in our dreams, we fly high. All this sort of like, again, like very flowery language. And it's just like, how does this relate to the stuff about killing someone? Like what? But then fucking Killer Mike shows up out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, shit, Killer Mike. Uh, okay. <laughs> again it's like i know you got i know what you can do you know like i've listened to three fuck albums of run the jewels i've listened to your solo stuff and then i'm just like i was more excited to hear him than i was for what he was saying you know and the novelty of like oh fuck it's killer mike that died off really fast and then it was just like "Hmm." yeah like okay so big boy he says <clears throat> since it's on, type of nigga for the home invasion. Surprise, motherfucker. Pow, pow. Lay the fuck down. Nah, don't try to talk your way out, because I'm usually nonviolent. Why? I don't know. I don't even understand it, but it simply overstood how you really supposed to handle it. Pardon me one moment. I just went off on a tangent. <laughs> and then the chorus immediately afterwards, shooting people, and then he's like, oh, sorry, I just said something that was completely irrelevant. Uh, a- anyway. We spent summer dreaming when we could be leaving. I guess I'll catch you in my, your dream. Like, what? 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 <laughs> well, how, what? Where are you right now? Like, what is happening? Are you in love with the person you just shot? Like, what the fuck? Macy Gray in a oh, song yeah. about jo- joining the Soikis. Because that's exactly how she said it for some reason. Because, man, it's a period piece again, I guess. <laughs> now we're like, talking about the Soikis. Because we're Grace, fucking Bugs Bunny. I don't know if she's ever, like, been on crack or anything like that, but she certainly sounds like it here. Like, she sounds like, you know that one skit where uh, Deborah Wilson on Mad TV played, like, Whitney Houston? And she's oh, just like... Yeah. Just go. She's just rambling mm. and like not really making a lot of sense, and then like just shouting at people randomly. Like there's literally a part where, where someone's singing, "It's the greatest show on earth," and Macy Gray goes, "Shut up while I'm singing." Like whoa. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> I was so confused by so much of this. 
like Macy, you, you realize that's like the background vocals. Like that's supposed to be there. Like <laughs> it's the greatest show on earth, but no one gets along. Apparently, it's like <laughs> it really feel it fits on the album though because it's so confusing and disjointed. Oh, it's the perfect song to represent this album. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and then you get when I look in your eyes, mm. which. After this whole album of trying to be, like, two genres at the same time, finally you just get a song that's, it's not Barbershop Quartet, but it's that, you know, you know he's wearing the, the, what are those fucking hats? You know what I mean? With the, with the red striped shirts and shit. Like, you get that feeling, it's like, when I look into your eye, and I'm like, um, Andre, if you want to do show tunes, just do a show tunes album. Like, but as it stands... What the fuck is this? And why is this so deep into the album? I'm still trying to think about what hat you're talking about. I'm trying... You know the barbershop quartets? They wear those uh, hats that look like they're made out of, uh... Oh, you know, little straw Baskets hat. and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I can find a picture of Andre 3000 wearing a straw hat. Oh, I, I know you I think he did there for a while. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Is foreshadowing. <laughs> and it's just like... and. The song itself isn't even that bad. It's just so misplaced. Yeah. Like, what is this doing here? And then you have Dying to Live, which is like this really macabre song after that super cheery show tunes number. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, this is these are the last three songs on the album, and you're giving us a complete genre switch like why is this happening i texted you this but i just wanted to say on the show that because of the piano intro on uh dying to live i swear it even kind of sounds like the intro i was really expecting the fucking beat to drop and andre to just go caroline because it has <laughs> the fucking roses i would piano. appreciate that at least dude if this album had like songs from their previous albums, but done in, like, the Ooh. style of older see, genres. Now, see, that would have been dope. That would have been pretty interesting. I was kind of hoping for that, but... And, and you eh. know what it is? I've heard plenty of genres, like, you know, the steampunk thing where people take, you know, uh, jazz tunes from the 20s and they update it with, like, electric, electro swing, that type of shit. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they do that type of shit? Like, this felt so fucking prehistoric like did you guys not know that you can use instruments other than the five studio guys you've got <laughs> yeah you know what i mean the, 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 that you rented for the weekend yeah and a bad note man i um i didn't listen to that one <laughs> i'm i couldn't make it through it when i saw like eight minutes i'm like no this album is already over an hour and some change i'm not no I'm not doing this. This this isn't going to be the song that turns it all around. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and it just ends up being a fucking instrumental of, like, disjointed, kind of, like, experimental noise. And it's like, nah. Mm -mm. It's like, I, if the album was better up to this point, maybe you could have hooked me in with, oh, he's doing so. But at this point, I'm so exhausted, you know, with, with just, like, half half measures on all of these songs. And then... So, this is the thing that makes me feel like, was this self-sabotage in a way? The song's literally called A Bad Note. The last song on the last album from Outkast ends on a bad note. Like, I, I was what? gonna ask if the movie 
ended on a bad note or something. No, it doesn't! It ends on the PJ and Percival song, as far as I remember. Oh. Like, so hmm. much... This really does feel slapped together. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. The more I think about it, I was gonna give it a two, but the more and more I think about it, it's more of a one. Like, this is <sighs> legitimately really bad. And that is embarrassing, coming off of the incredible run that Outcast had. You fucking, you're only as funky as your last cut. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to side with you on that because I was actually in the same boat of is this a two? But nah. If after going through it and reminding me of all its shortcomings, yeah. This is the most disappointing one. And, uh, boy oh boy, I I really want to thank whoever requested we talk about that, because up until now, I I didn't know how bad their last album was, because I purposefully ignored it. But, uh, if you want to ruin our day with another request, it is as simple (laughs) as With another uh, favorite of mine who made a whack-ass album. Uh Please no. Uh, Patreon.com slash uh, diagrams is next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash Critic or Patreon.com slash Muse. This is just coming off the disappointing gorillas, too. Mm, yeah. What true. the hell? Uh, but push that shit off the table. We gotta clear the room for... We're gonna go from an hour and 18 minute Outcast album to a 27 minute Nas EP, essentially. Man, you know when they say Nas doesn't have good production? Mm. Like, y- you know, y- you hear that Kanye's gonna be producing Nas's next album, you're like, oh snap! Finally, the haters are gonna have nothing to say because fucking Kanye's producing Nas's album, but it's 2018, Kanye. And we already heard Daytona, so we know <laughs> we know that even Kanye can uh, can have some missteps. You're telling me you didn't like hearing Nas rap over a fucking repeating Slick Rick sample for God knows how long? You know, the more I I actually listened to it, because at first it was the really are you really doing this, Kanye? You're a legendary producer at this point. Like this is this is what you're giving me. But then I started listening. To what was happening when it when the chorus hit and how they were like layering it to make it sort of be melodic with the original sort of rap and I was like, hmm, okay. And then the more I thought about it, the more the verses actually kind of let me down. Kanye's just saying the most like bo- boilerplate. Yep, cops sure don't care about us black folk. Like, okay. <laughs> and and I'm sorry, I, I really am. But, like, after after Kanye's comments, right? Like, I'm not going to bring up exactly what they were. You already know what it is. Hearing Kanye all of a sudden be, like, conscious, I'm going to talk about, like, real issues. It's like, I don't fucking believe you. (laughs) I'm sorry. This feels like, you know how when you fuck up on something one time and then the next time you, like, overcompensate? You yeah. know, to be like, oh, look how look how good I am on this issue, though. Ha ha! You know, and it's just like, eh, but we didn't forget, though. And you still haven't said anything that in any way would, you know, like you haven't apologized, you haven't clarified it in a way that actually makes it make fucking sense. And please, 
if he has clarified it in a way that made it make sense, please show me. Because everything I have seen, everything that I have seen that's tried to explain it has just felt like mealy mouth sort of, oh, well, I mean, when you really think, it's like, no. Because if you need to say all this shit, you know what's wrong and you're just trying to find a way to still like your faves. I didn't hear anything that sounded like an explanation or a clarification or or an apology, which I'm sure he doesn't think he owes anyone. Oh, of course he doesn't think he, yeah. I mean, I mean even on this album, Kanye. he says at one point, like, like they're talking about, like, I forget exactly the line uh, talking up to it, but Kanye says, yeah, I think differently. And it's like you could see him winking to the audience, like, yeah, yeah. I think differently, and that's why you... That's why you criticize me, and that's why you don't like me, because I think differently. It's like, we're still on that tip, huh? The fucking, I, I think like George, I think like George Jetson, but I sound like George Jefferson because I'm light years ahead. Fuck off. Fuck like, off. Kanye, do you think Donald Trump gives a shit about black people being shot by the police? I just really want to ask that question. Even Nas here, you know, like, I, it, it's not up to snuff. Uh, I do like the last line where he says, reminds me of Emmett Till, let's remind him why Cap kneels. I did dig that. You know, the other stuff where he's like, uh, together we'll be strong, but forever we divide. So y'all are blowing my high type of shit that's killing my vibe. Uh, oh, is that is that killing your vibe? Is it blowing your high? Like, that just feels like a stupid thing to say. Like, the song's about kids being shot, and you're like, man, that sure does make me not enjoy my weed as much. Like, what the fuck? I will say, though, Not For Radio is probably the best track on the album. That shit was so fucking epic. And then, when he started just fucking railing off things, like, common misconceptions, where he was just like... Yeah, right. (laughs) He's like, you know, Reagan had Alzheimer's. Fox News was actually started by a black guy. Willie Lynch is a myth. Columbia's created crack. Edgar Hoover was black. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> I got to catch up with all this shit. Here's the thing. And I, I liked that part. But I do got to take issue with, with, with the Reagan line. For one, he didn't have Alzheimer's when he was in office. Like, that came later, for one. And for all of the things that Reagan did that hurt the black community... That's the one thing you highlight? The one thing that he didn't even have control over? I think what he's trying to say is, like, he was not fit to be president. And yet he was allowed to he didn't have Alzheimer's when he was president, though. You know, Nas has a thing about, like, being historically inaccurate. (laughs) Google is free, Nas! (laughs) Like, this ain't 2001! You know what Google is! (laughs) This isn't fucking the days of Elmatic! And boy, oh boy, is it not the days of Illmatic. Oh my god. Were you listening to this album and ever thought to yourself, this was the guy who did Illmatic? Uh, you know... (laughs) This was not very... This was no Illmatic. (laughs) Uh, No, no, not in any capacity. Not in any capacity. Uh, Starting from the fucking production, what is up with the mixing on this goddamn album? Bonjour? I like I was like slight like I slightly jumped every time the fucking bonjours came in. They were just too loud. Like, what was that? <laughs> Covering your ears. It was like, and it's such a strange like what? Is a Nas song about Nas speaking French every now and then? Like what is this? It reminds me of the intro to the Muzzy commercial. Remember that? What? Oh boy! Oh, only '90s kids remember. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a VHS tape uh, collection 
that you would buy and it would teach you different languages. And it was like a cartoon. Oh, and, and I you think could I buy the cartoon in like five different languages, and one was French. And the commercial just begins with the muzzy creature going, Bonjour. So it just reminded me of that. Bonjour. It's so corny. Like, it's just like, really? Bonjour uh, every few lines? Is that, mm. like, do, I, mean, I don't know. I guess people in the, like, honest, some, like, hood dudes who are just like, yo, he just said fucking bonjour. That's some classy shit right there. Like, <laughs> I really hope the bar isn't that low. <laughs> bonjour. Oh. I know some French. What's that fucking, uh, that, that line from Dexter's Lab? Oh, yeah. Omelette du fromage. I'm surprised he didn't say that shit in there. <laughs> Although he did say Man, Lady le bon ton roule. So that, that was a little bit of actual French, you know. Yeah, I think the bar itself, because even going back to, like, Cop Got Shot, like, just listening, just thinking back to songs that were about, like, police brutality or whatever, like, that doesn't even come close to like a top twenty. Yeah, or I mean, even yeah, like fifty we've heard songs ice, about dealing ice with cubes, that. Ice cubes, ice cubes, fucking good cop, bad cop. Remember that shit? Mm, yeah, not even a year or so ago. That shit fucking jammed. That shit slammed. The bam, bam, bam. That shit was awesome. What about the fucking uh, what? Uh, no, no lives matter. Oh, yeah! <laughs> the iced tea joint. So we got this, and it's like, it felt like, well, it's 2018. I, I gotta do my song about addressing the police brutality. Like, I don't know. For for a guy who has been accused of being violent himself, like, I don't know if... Yeah. I don't really know if this is, like, on his list of, like... I mean, maybe it is. You know, it very well could be, but, like... I don't know, man. Just fucking... I don't know. What does he say? He has one line where he says, Okay, um, how many girls pre-bate before they date so she can have restraint, she still gets slayed? And, you know, that almost worked until you hear, Bonjour! (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, oh, that was kind of, ah, goddammit! That's ill behavior. Want the whip matted. Want her ass the fattest. Beat it. Thriller jacket. And then... A street metaphor, if your dog piss on the floor, put his nose in it, check these niggas from the door? Weren't you talking about banging some chick? What the- what? She didn't see me coming, now she's an eyewitness! Ah! Cuz he- ah! Wait, let me explain! You see, he was ejaculating! <laughs> Everything. Man, I've got a lot to say about this one. Oh yeah? Let her rip! Just going by the verses alone. This is a dope track, right? Just, just the verses. He has some, you know, he does what Nas does. The, the, the ill fucking imagery, the storytelling, the messages. You know what I'm saying? Like, the second verse was nothing short of genius. Where he talks about, uh, you know, um, how a child learns that sometimes they just have to deal with pain. Even though mm. the parents know what's best for the kid because they're getting him an immunization shot. You know, but like all the kid can understand is I'm in pain. Why are you bringing me to this pain? You know, Mm. and it's like that is such an interesting facet to explore, you know? Yeah. And So like genius, genius, genius lyricism. Once again, fucking Nas does it again. Then Kanye West comes around Mm. and you hear the dream singing. Sounds great, right? The dream he's singing because you've never been the same as anyone else. It sounds way better than I'm singing it, you know. (laughs) <laughs> like 
But you know, you hear beautiful, smooth, melodic line. And then it's just like, you can hear the cut in. You know how like when someone's editing something and I'm like, we do it all the time, you know, on the podcast we edit, but we're not fucking making an album. It's just like, you know, we're editing (laughs) this shit. So you can hear, this is a professional motherfucker who gets paid millions of dollars. Mm. And it's just like, uh, like Kanye West part sounds like he put the mic in his fucking throat and you could just hear mm. every fucking sound in his <laughs> mouth and it just sounds so jarring like yeah. compared to like the really good melody that the dream is singing you know it's just ah uh, and it keeps happening and this song is seven minutes long and so it's just mm. like after every verse you're like oh man that was great Nas and uh, you know what's coming again you know uh, like it's just yep. god fucking damn it it's so annoying and then uh, 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 Kanye like it really does feel like they already had a completed song and Kanye was like no I want to be on it so even though we have a chorus that already fucking works Kanye has to add in another chorus, and he has to fucking record over. Like, it really legit sounds like me 10 years ago, you know, doing a <laughs> rap verse on my favorite Gorillaz song and, you know, cutting in the mic at a certain time. Like, you know, it doesn't sound good, but, mm. you know, that's me at 15 with no money. Why does that production, sa- why does that mixing sound exactly the same as this? And, and of course, he says, if I had everything mm. and I could change anything, if I changed anything, and I mean anything, I would change everything. That's cheating. That's completely meaningless. You gotta pick that- one, Kanye. That's the point. I know what you're getting at, but that yeah, that's fucking empty. That doesn't mean yeah, shit. Yeah, if I had everything and I could change mm. anything, if I could change anything, I would change everything. I'm it- over here fucking doing the math. Trying to carry the yeah. <laughs> fucking carrying the remainder over. All right. It's like, mm. I mean, so would everyone, I guess. Like, I don't, you know, like if I could change anything, I would. Like, you know, it's like he fucking went to a genie. He's like, "What is the one thing you'd like to change about your life?" Everything. Okay, bro, you're gonna have to get a little more specific than that. Like, you can't just, you know, like it's yeah, just... I think that's against the rules. I, I think that I think that it's like what. Uh, you can't make someone fall in love with you, you can't, uh, have anyone killed, you can't wish for more wishes, and you can't change everything. That's the fourth one the genie didn't say. I swear to God, there is a good song that's straight up in your face, because you have, you know, there's a a post-chorus part, right? Where it's like, dark boy, don't you cry, there's too much life left in those eyes. Mm, Dream is giving you some beautiful singing, and then, like, Kanye is like, he really is like the younger cousin. Ugh. That, you know, is like, oh, he has to hang out with you guys, you know, if if you don't, then no one gets to use the studio, you know? Oh, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, please, I know you made the beats, please stop singing on them! You could let him record it, right? Then just, like, secretly just cut that out. Don't fucking put it in there. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Kanye, it sounded great. And just fucking <laughs> leave that on the cutting room floor. Kanye's, like, whereas you can argue about how good Kanye was on Cop Shot the Kid, right? You could say... Well, at least it was serviceable. This was just distracting. And I think I might have said this on the show before. Kanye on this album was Diddy on Ready to Die. <laughs> Which is funny because Diddy's on the first song. Like, oh, oh man, true. here I am. I'm Diddy. Here to do some more of that shit talking over albums like I do. And, you know, everyone's like, no, 
fuck no, P. Diddy, you're not going to ruin another goddamn album. And he was like, oh, okay. And then Kanye came in and says, I'll ruin another goddamn album. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it in your honor, Diddy. Then we have Adam and Eve, which I understand understated, you know, production, but it could have used a little, a little oomph to it. Like, ah, like Kanye, I, I've seen you transform songs before. I don't know. I guess he's just going for something. Like, like I said, he's on that minimalist shit. But, and and so maybe if that's just the excuse, then nothing I say is gonna is gonna you know make a difference. But it's just, I it's like I've heard better, man. And I guess he's going for the fucking spaghetti western soundtrack thing he's doing here. I guess that's fine. But I don't know. It's again Kanye West. I mean, uh, Nas. he just can't get producers at the right time, man. He just can't do it. Everyone who is wanting us to talk about this album, did they think we were going to like it? You know, Nas actually says at the end, <laughs> and I'm sure you know, he says, I never sold a record for the beat. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> it's my verses they purchase. Without production, I'm worthless, but I'm more than the surface. And then he says, uh, I drop lines prestigious schools read about, read to their students. Look at my album plaque. Somebody agrees with my music. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, that, that, that was, you, you earned that, you know, being in the game so long and still, still being the same caliber of lyricist. Cause the thing is, he's not whack for the most part, you know, like there's there's obviously the moments (laughs) of brilliance, like I said, in, um, in everything. And I, I also believe on Adam and Eve as well. Adam and Eve, actually, this was a little confusing. He's like, new girl every night. Two girls was every other night. Sexual addiction, gangster tradition. And at first he's thinking, oh, that, that nah is bragging about banging chicks. <laughs> and then he goes, they want to fuck me and have me under their belt. I'm slightly offended. Yeah, that's how I felt. That's how it ended. And it's just like, wait, I'm sorry, back up. Did you just say, like... Oh, I'm addicted to women, and it's like they want to fuck me, but man, I'm I'm just addicted to them, you know. I'm just, I, they just want me under their belt. I'm slightly offended by the fact that they only want me for my fame and my dick. I'm just like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> 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 like, are, are you not bragging anymore? Is this? Are you going woe is me about the fact that women want to have sex with you? Like, what is happening right now? He had a sudden revelation halfway through the lyric. <laughs> oh wait, like, wait a minute, a this minute? fucked up. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, I'm just good at existing. <laughs> I know he that's goes on to best say, like, fucking, that's the best brag <laughs> I think I've ever heard. The best humble brag. I'm the best at existing. Man, look at me over here being. <laughs> I put the being in human being, baby. Oh, hope you he's like listening. Nah, yeah, I'll fucking that take that. Mm hmm. Yeah, but, pu- uh, put that on your next one. <laughs> no, I mean, he says, I'm just good at existing, existing in my truth. But it's just like, oh. I'm just good man, at existing. <laughs> like, I just love it. We're, I'm just good at existing. Like, man, you can't disprove that. You can't, like, <laughs> you can't, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I'm good at being here. Like, unless someone literally, like, stabs you in the next minute. Like, yeah, right, <laughs> unless you're suddenly not here anymore. <laughs> nah, I spoke you're too fucking, soon. The fucking, uh, uh, <laughs> Thanos snaps his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, N- Mr. Nazir, I don't feel so good. 
what would you uh <laughs> what would you give this one? Uh three and a half. I'm gonna go with three. And you uh, know what? I, think that's fair. I can't even be mad at you. I, I, I can't <laughs> not even, even be mad. <laughs> like I'm not even gonna like argue and be like, but oh come on, you gotta get nah, not really. Like, mm-hmm. do you remember how this album ends? It ends so fucking suddenly. Oh my god, yeah, it's like, it's a really short song, too. It ends yeah. so abrupt. Like, it, you don't get a chorus, you don't even get, like, it's not even, like, one long verse and then it's over. There's one 16-bar verse, little, you know, little chorus, barely a chorus, and then he does, like, what, like, six to eight bars, and then the music just fucking cuts. And it's not even, like, it doesn't even cut on, like, a good line, like, you know, something like, man... You know, on some soprano shit, like, this could all be over in a second. You know, like, something like that. Mm. He's just like, you know, you can see us on the Ave chopping up his... Oh, oh, no! And all oh, that fucking horrible rhyme! I'm remembering it now. You can see us on the Ave chopping up as always. And when he said always like that, oh, I was no. like, oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can see us on the Ave chopping up as always. Stand up, Queensbridge. Now the world knows us. Ah, you just tried to rhyme always with knows us. Stop it. Everybody's saying my humility is infectious. I... Is that what they say? Do they say that? If there's one thing I know about Nas, it's his humility is infectious. mistaken right like humility is like like humble you know like yeah. oh i'm a very mm-hmm. humble dude you were just bragging about like banging two chicks at once like you're not a humble person excuse me not even the other fucking song this fucking verse goes hate to brag but my worst batch kills off your best cutie you know basically saying, like my ugliest chick is harder than yours facts nah. is deep we break up and they hook up with athletes and then he says one of my exes could be your next dog. Trust me, don't test. Which is a weird brag. Like, one of my <laughs> yeah. ex-girlfriends could be your wife. I... Just watch. <laughs> okay, like, is that a threat? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Are you threatening me with my next relationship? <laughs> like, ah, you never know. I could have had sex with her. Uh, did you have an STD when you did it? Because if not, then I don't care. Like, what? And then he says, I just want my kids to have the same peace I'm blessed with. And then end. Like, you might as well just have an abrupt, like, fucking, um, like, cow and chicken. You know? Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. At the end of each episode, they just have, end. <laughs> because I was listening on Spotify, Spotify has this way of, sometimes it'll repeat the album, sometimes it'll just play a random song. It went back and started playing Bonjour. After this track ended, and I was like, this sounds familiar. And then I was like, oh, it's just playing Bonjour again? Wait a minute, the album's over? That was it? <laughs> like, it was suddenly like, it was like a one, two, three, like the slow realization of, oh my god, that was the ending. Yeah, like, wow. You, like, come on, man. You, I hate to say it, but you gave us fucking Illmatic. Like, what is this? Why are you ending it like this? Like, what the fuck is this ending? Like I said, you end it with 
barely rhyming two, two of the rhymes, saying that you're humble despite saying that y- you fucked all these chicks not even one verse ago, and, and then just abrupt ending. Like, as if we're supposed to be satisfied with that. Like, aha, Nas does it again. Are, are we going to get the same response we did when we talked about Daytona? Where people, <laughs> where, like, we're the only ones in I the world. hope not, because, come on, guys. Like, I, I can see people making a case for the production. All right, if you want to make a case, I just really love that minimalism. I just love it so much. Cop shot the kid, I'll even give you that one. Not for radio, that wasn't minimalist at all. That was like a full fucking orchestral piece, so that was dope. And actually, you know, I actually feel like that is kind of bad that that was put first. Because, in a way, that hyped me up. Like, holy shit, do you hear this fucking production? And then Cop shot the kid, it's minimalist, but at least it's very driving, you know? Mm. Everything else after that, I I can't tell you how these beats sounded. You know? I'm uh I'm on Wikipedia right now and I'm looking at the overall ratings. Uh we are not alone. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Uh Rolling Stone <laughs> gave it a two and a half. Uh Pitchfork gave it a six out of ten. NME gave it a three out of five. Uh the A V Club gave it a B minus. Double XL gave it a four out of five. Well, that's because of double XL. Yeah, I don't fucking <laughs> Uh, exclaim gave it a five out of ten. Yeah, we're we're actually pretty much in line, actually, with the uh, with the general consensus for once. Okay, I'm just uh, uh, that is good that you checked because I was like, are like are we out of touch? Like, what the fuck is going on right now? Now <laughs> this shit is whack. That isn't to say the comment section won't disagree. <laughs> they still might. They're not listed on meta on Metacritic. They're not listed on the Wikipedia page. They might be coming for uh, coming for our throats after this, but you know, only time will tell. I'm sure at least some folks will. It wouldn't be an episode without <laughs> some folks saying we were wrong about something. Yeah. It honestly does pain me to say because, like, you know, I'm a fan of Nas, like like every hip hop head that's worth their <laughs> salt. You know what I mean? I want to say that every album is a classic. Everything, every new thing that he puts out is, oh man. Uh, you know, the Nas that we've all come to know and love, but it's sort of the Nas that we've all come to be bored with and really expect. wish he would do something different. Yeah, it's the Nas that we've come to expect. Not this had to have it. been a tough week for you between Outkast and, uh, <laughs> and Nas. This couldn't have been a fun one. No, no, it is not. Watching, man, never, you know how they say never meet your heroes? Well, oh, never yeah. listen, never listen to your heroes last uh, uh, late offerings. <laughs> I wonder. It's, it's the yeah. same with KRS One. Like just after nineteen ninety seven, just 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 don't listen anymore. Just, <laughs> just just let it go. I'm gonna have to look into this, or maybe this is a question for the comment section. Who had a long illustrious career and like ended really strong? Like who who in your opinion? has, like, the closest to a flawless discography. Wow. Are we gonna have to do that? Is that gonna... Is that a thing? Never listen to your favorite artist's last album. Like... <laughs> I, I I wonder if there's exceptions, or it's like, no, man, you gotta listen to blah, blah, blah. It was actually their best, or something, you know? Like, Jay-Z. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean... Mm. 
you know, answered it pretty quick. There it is. <laughs> you, you got, like that's that's an exception. But I mean, he's kind of an exception that proves the rule because there was a couple of albums where it was like <laughs> the thing is life happened to Jay-Z in a way that he couldn't ignore. And that fueled mm. his music. And I feel like that's kind of the problem with a lot of these late stage artists. It's like there's nothing's bothering them anymore. They're fine. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I think Jay-Z and J-Z might be looked at as two different people, maybe. Like, look at them as different uh, separate discographies. It's a rebirth of the artist. Yeah, 444 was uh, Jay-Z season two. (laughs) All new cast, you know. It's like one of those shows that came back and it's like way better than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, so like, like Twin Roseanne. Peaks, you know? <laughs> ah, Twin Peaks. Yeah, there it is. Fuck my joke answer of Roseanne. Um, <laughs> yeah, Twin Peaks came back and exceeded my expectations, but... Jay-Z is the Twin Peaks of the hip-hop game. Well, folks, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for checking us out this week. And if this just happens to be the first time listening, all of our old episodes are on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes, and... Once again, just wanted to shout out to the um, the Patreon, <clears throat> the patron who requested the Outcast Ottawild album, which we shan't speak of again. And if there's an album that you would like to request for the show, it is as simple as a one-time pledge to Patreon.com/slash/RapCritic or Patreon.com/slash/Muse for details. And until next week, further going off podcast. I'm Muse, and I'm Rap Critic. Bug face toe jam. Brown your face up, cause we don't give a jam. Jam to the jam. Go jelly to the jam. Imagine me not jamming. Shove it up, you monkey jam. What the fuck? <laughs>